On this installment of the SSI Executive Conversations podcast, Darwin is joined by Francis Kim. Francis is a global healthcare executive in the medical devices and life sciences sector with a focus on quality and regulatory. He has worked at numerous companies throughout his career, including Philips, Waters, and Medtronic, to name a few. In this episode, Darwin and Francis discuss building a quality affairs team, key leadership behaviors, and the cost of cutting corners. Well, I am extremely excited uh, to welcome uh, Francis onto the SSI Executive Conversations podcast, which is actually sponsored by Quality Means Business uh, for this particular episode. Uh, Francis uh, is a healthcare business leader who's been working in the medical device and life science industries and, and spaces for over 25 years. Uh, Francis has extensive working experience and knowledge, uh, knowledge excuse me, of quality and regulatory uh, guidelines and regulations, has a unique combination where he's led global operations, including manufacturing and supply chain, uh, has worked at large global companies as well as midsize and, and smaller life science companies as well in his career. And really one of the things that's really unique in terms of his uh, focus uh, and he's strong in his professional development and helping build future leadership and mentorship at the companies where he's been. So very purpose-driven, uh, has a passion for making the world a healthier place and finding better ways to advance its causes. And that's certainly one of the things that um, resonated for me when we first met. And I appreciated you, uh, about you in terms of your why and what's important to you. Um, and Francis holds chemistry, biology, and then business degrees and lives in the Boston area. So welcome, Francis. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and uh, share it with our following. Thanks for having me, Darwin. I'm happy to be here. And I just want to say welcome and uh, say hello to everybody. Excellent. Well, let's jump right in. Um, obviously, we both share a strong passion for quality. And uh, as a clinician, patient outcomes and safety and managing risk, I think, you know, are vitally important. That's why coming into this, you know, this side of the industry, it was really important to me and why we started the company focused mm -hmm. on quality. So for you, why did you go into quality and, and then maybe share a little bit about what quality means to you? Thanks, Darwin. It's a great question. I get that question quite often, but I'll try to make it uh, more connecting and meaningful for the audience and to all of you. But basically, I started at uh, starting at a lab, uh, graduating from university and then eventually worked my way into engineer. And I had a chance to really work close with a really, really great medical device uh, product and the therapies and technologies, especially around cardiac surgery and cardiology. So once I saw the fantastic work and the outcome of the devices and what it could do to improve people's lives uh, and really extend their you know, lifestyle, quality of life and live a fuller life, I said, this is something I wanna do. I also wanted to stay in quality and go into quality because I was just curious and wanted to learn. And on a personal note, my wife is a patient of med many medical devices, uh, as well as I am too. So for me, you know, I just kind of stumbled into it, but at the same time, I love this so much that I decided to stay. So it's really about creating a healthier world and uh, a healthier lifestyle at the end of the day. So for me, that was really what the meaningful was about and, you know, improving people's lives, really the essence of the reason I got into quality. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, and I think most people in this industry are here because they obviously they care about patient outcomes. They care about being a part of something that brings value to other people and improves healthcare for all of us and ultimately patient outcomes in a positive way. Um, so when you think about 
leadership, and I know we've had different conversations about this yeah. and servant leadership, um, but when you think about different perspectives of leadership behavior, um, you know, what, what, what would you say are some of the key things you look for uh, relevant to management positions? A great question, Darren. I mean, for me, it's really about growing and learning, right? Where I'm in a constant state of that growing and learning and really driving how do I make better impact uh, and a meaningful impact. So if I talk about some of the behaviors and things, I will talk about, hey, look, someone who is ethical, uh, of course, diplomatic, but in a high degree of integrity and professionalism. Um, I also value somebody that is agile, right? You, in this today's environment, you got to be able to operate with some level of agility, but also with a thoughtful leadership, right? So you not only carry a function expertise, but also you have that good sense of business acumen and then bring that forward. Now, other things I felt, if I could mention, I look for, you know, some of the behaviors like, are you authentic? Are you self-aware? Can you contribute? But also ask for help, you know, the sense of sincerity, but humbleness at the same time. And as you mentioned, I personally like, you know, someone really focus on the serving others and helping others be successful. And so some of those are the sort of the top of my mind that comes to me. But I would also say, you know, collaboration, working well with together with teams and people and influencing together uh, and also motivate and uh, building that trust amongst your peers, you know, your employees, your management team. And at the end of the day, ultimately, you want to create this environment where you feel safe, feels like everyone can contribute and add and, you know, participate and also create this set of a consistency that drives everyone, you know, feels included uh, and being able to uh, make meaningful impact and contribution. So, you know, aside from being calm and open and easy to approach style, I think you want to have that sense of you know, being able to connect and show how their work contributes to better outcomes for patients and people we serve. And I really think about that. So those are some of the things I would talk about. But, you know, more than anything, I think as a leader, you know, be inspiring because we need that more and more. And I think that's what the employees will resonate with and being connected with you uh, as we, you know, uh, really go after the purpose-driven objective and the goals we want to accomplish. I think that is extremely spot on and insightful. And when you look at the, the more recent webinar that we've started to do on sustainable, profitable growth for companies and the key KPIs to look at to achieve that, uh, in terms of the five main reasons why companies are successful versus are not successful, the 70% of all you know, companies across all industries uh, don't make it 10 years. And so yeah. some of the things that you just talked about there, you know, they're inversely pro proportional, obviously, but right. it's right. typically the same five to seven things, you know, hiring uh, the, the wrong people or the wrong talent, but always leadership, vision, and organizational direction always fall into there. And Absolutely. in terms of relevant to, uh, there was a career builder survey that was done on why hires fail and different, uh, different key indicators. And from, from that standpoint, 56% of uh, candidates that had left voluntarily. So in terms of voluntary employee turnover, it's across all industries, 25% per year on average, which is incredible. You think about a fourth of your talent leaving, it's usually not the people that you want. But there was a survey that was done asking people about that, and 56% of those people that left voluntarily for that particular survey said that because of leadership, 
or they didn't wow. feel like they had good leadership, good direction. Uh, there wasn't gr- good employee appreciation or direction in their career um, was a big part of it. And that secondly, that a good portion of them, if there had been any conversation or insight interaction with the leader, that they might have been willing to stay. So in terms of what you just said, that is incredibly impactful. Yeah, you know, Diamond, it's really outstanding points you're making. But I would also add, you really want to spend time with your team and your leaders, really be genuinely interested in what they do, not only about work, but outside of the work, build that dynamics, that energy, that spirit, that connectivity, camaraderie, and coming together for a fantastic work together, not only as an individuals, but also as a team. And how do we really make a meaningful impact? So if you really think about this, you not only want to look out for their backs and cover for them as a leader, but also meaningful conversations about what would you like to do? Where do you want to grow? How can I help you? What are you interested in? So that they also grow within the role, but also advance within the company, not just within the function. And then you become their ally and the sponsor and so on. So I think once they see that, I think they just get energized and excited. So when they come to work, they know they're in a safe space. They know psychologically safe environment. They know they'll be able to connect together as a team. It's okay to be yourself and also bring everyone's strength together and leverage the heck out of it and then just drive and then create the learning environment. And also you're watching for each other so like so that you don't have to look over your shoulder and then really go after the what's really meaningful, which creates an elevated level of conversation, which will drive a better insight and then much more fun while you're doing it. And for me, I find that really uh, energizing to me, and I have seen that within the teams. Does that help? Oh, my gosh. And I, you know, most people have heard the saying, you know, people do things for people they like. So right. in terms of if, you're, if your leadership, your management's only – uh, you know, Bernie Haffey, uh, high performance management systems, you know, voice of the customer, uh, voice of the employee, voice of the stakeholder last. But I, I've seen so many scenarios where companies put voice of the stakeholder first. So in terms of what we're talking about right here, if your leadership, your manager, it's only about you hitting numbers and doing certain things and they're not they're not doing the things that you just talked about, about, hey, you know, are you. Do you feel challenged? Are you growing the way you want? Where do you want your career to go? How are things going? If it's only about the job, then that relationship can potentially suffer. And ultimately, that can potentially hurt employee engagement. Right. It's not, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's not just about a job, right? It's about how you see where you contribute and connect and also help individual and as a team for the better outcome of people and patients. Because at the end of the day, we all become patients at some point. And right. the fact that we have this amazing, privileged role that we could contribute to make people's lives better. I mean, for me, that's energizing. So I think we got to do Absolutely. that. So for me, it's about people and making that a number one priority. And I try to do that all the time and constantly strive for it because that's where people get the energy and the, the connection. And then really just even creativity that comes along because you know somebody's looking out for you and you know somebody cares about you, what you're thinking. And they want to also leverage your skill sets to further accelerate, which is the reason they joined the company in first place. Absolutely. So we want to really, really want to grow that and then help uh, people just really contribute in their ways. And also they become much more uh, engaging to your point, right? And, and they really have fun. And when you build that energy, it just continuously just builds on, on its own. And it just becomes, yeah, it's hard work, but it's also much more fun. It's much more rewarding at the end of the day also. 
So one of the things that you just said, and I mean, we have an upcoming webinar that we're doing on career ladders and we talk a lot about, so we help our clients uh, customize an aspect of their interview process, not the entire aspect, but to delineate okay. between cultural fit and technical aptitude in, in any functional area. It's, I believe it's vitally important to hire for culture. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly you want people to have the right technical skill, but high emotional intelligence, problem solving skills and, and likable. They want to work with other people because if you do that and their why matches the mission, then they're going to be more engaged, which obviously right. we've talked about. But what, what I heard you saying a lot, it, it, if it's company-wide, it, it it's, it's a career ladder program or, or an ability to grow and what your career looks like. Now, we're talking about it more within a team right now. But as you think about growing your quality team and creating a, a, a culture where your team's not the quality police, right? They are no. helping seeing other people's perspective and they're partnering in, as, as, a, as a stakeholder. What are maybe a couple of the critical aspects that you try to, or that, that you implement with your team to, tell, to, to develop them the right way? You know, I encourage my team and I also reflect on this quite a bit because I'll, I'm also growing while I'm talking and engaging with them because they also bring some things that I haven't thought about and I realized, uh, hey, that's a really great idea. Why didn't we think of that, right? Different tools, systems, ideas, concepts, philosophies, things they have researched and read up on or things they may have tried in their previous uh, places they worked on. So for me, it's really about let's really think about the subject matters that we are, you know, we all need to be good at and have the level of competencies and capabilities. But also let's be clear about what it is that we're seeking and going after. And then we also think about be open-minded, be open-minded to not only look at, you know, left and right, you know, of what may be available, but also engage and be curious and be interested. So for example, I spent a lot of time and encouraged my team to talk to a lot of different business leaders to learn about what's happening. You know, what is the strategy? Where are we heading? How can I help? How can I contribute? How can I help you be successful or help you uh, speed things up in some cases, as well as identify maybe different path forward, different solutions, maybe uh, be pragmatic and practical, but at the same time, be compliant just because, you know, we operate in a very highly regulated space. And as part of that is also just having much more upstream engagement, I'll say, with R&D, operations, manufacturing, and different people. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about what you do, but it's also about collectively together as a shared responsibility and shared functions and areas of topics that we want to move forward together. Because once that happens, everyone elevates together. So for me, it's about, hey, let's do what we do really well and let's you know, sharpen that. But let's also team up with our colleagues and peers and other functions and areas. And let's be really curious about how do we connect these things and, and move together as a team. And I think for me, that's a learning opportunity, which also creates an opportunity for, for you and, and the employee to say, I want to go try that as part of my development plan or professional development strategy. You know, be open about it. Don't be shy about it. You know, don't feel like your manager is not going to support you. Don't think it that way, but think it of it as a learning opportunity. Think of it as you're just curious. So, you know, when I look at my career, I went into operations, even though QR is my primary uh, career path, but I took some lateral moves and I took some different positions uh, over the years. And that helped me tremendously because now I understand their language, their space, their dynamics, you know, what they think about and how I can marry the two together when I come back to QNR. So for me, I would encourage you to really listen to those quiet knocks and be open-minded about the opportunities to come about and then really give it a shot. If you're interested in it 
or you want to go learn and ask for support. And your manager will be happy to support you so that you can do more for the company at the same time. You add more value to the company and the products and therapies we deliver. There's, there's several things that you said there that really resonated with me and I, I really appreciate because in the marketplace, there are certain uh, skills and positions where one perception is, okay, I want somebody that's done every single one of these things in this role. And then like, they, okay, they have to be quality. They have, and they're not really open to the idea of what I call crossover talent because I, I always ask, well, are, you know, how are you going to fill your roles? If you understand supply and demand, you understand the challenges of the, of the market and not even talking about culture, right? It's a numbers game. And then it's, are you open to crossover skills? Are you open to next step in the career? Um, strategies for autonomy is obviously relevant post-pandemic. Are you just expecting that people are going to cross the street because you want every single box checked and get at the back of the line to make the same amount of money? So, you know, there's, there's things to, to consider, but you just mentioned several things I think that are, are really important as people look at career progression and opportunities to grow because you can either grow vertically or horizontally and, and having going someplace where your ability to grow is not just tied to one skill set. It's more about your ability to grow and how you can take on and learn new things because people are typically more attracted to that kind of environment and they're have a chance your your retention rates and people staying are potentially going to be longer which the you know the cost of uh, that voluntary turnover is two to four times the annual salary which is not cheap yeah Darwin I love what you just said I mean look at the end of the day you have the responsibility or I in my case have the responsibility to really talk to my managers and others but here's what I like to do will you help me here's what I like to grow would you be able to give me some feedback, be open to their ideas and suggestions also, but also spend time developing a plan, right? It's not just about the next role or two roles after, but there are different pathways to get there depending on what you really want to do. So spend time thinking about what is it that energizes you and what areas that you want to get into. Uh, and there are many other spaces you could move over and contribute in different ways, maybe even bigger ways. So I would encourage you to have those conversations Look for some internal mentors or supporters as well as outside mentors who can give you some perspective. Um, I think it's great and have fun with it because it's really about this discovery process. But once you sort of figure it out more, it, the picture becomes more clear and you actually get energized by it. So there's no straight line in your career. I mean, I never had a straight line. I mean, I went up and down and up again and down again. So, but general trajectory is that you really grow through that space of uh, uh, exploration and discovery. And don't be afraid, be confident about it because you're gonna figure it out and you just need to be open and uh, sincere about where you wanna get to and ask for support. And people will help you to get there. So first of all, another thing that you had said earlier that I wanna come back to real, real quick because in terms of you've done ops, you've done quality, you've, you've interacted with regulatory, you've, you know, scientific and Having the more experience that you have in different areas, the greater ability, if, if uh, you would think, especially if you have higher emotional intelligence, that you can see things through other people's perspective. And yes. having, you know, not only seeing things through your own lens and what's important to you is going to help you collaborate, reach across the aisle, and create the kind of culture that people work together to problem solve, which leads to less wasted resources. So I think that's vitally important in thinking about 
the type of person and the cultural fit and what their ability to grow is versus maybe just one skill set. Um, and so I think that's really important. And then I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about, so when you think about that environment, we kind of focus more on the quality team and the career yeah. growth and how you interact. Um, and, and you just said, Hey, the tra trajectory, like don't be focused on just a title or just, I always ask people yeah. to think about in terms of what they want to do. And then any position you look at, who are you going to become if you take that position, which is a lot, there's a lot more depth to that than ver versus just a title or versus, you know, versus maybe just the compensation. So, um, but having said that in terms of the overall culture of quality, because every single person at every company, from my perspective, should be a stakeholder for quality, yes. not just the quality department, because it's vitally important in terms of patient safety, risk management, you know, an FDA, you know, the average cost for an FDA warning letter in the United States is $5 million. It's 6 billion plus annually. And obviously the, the opportunity cost and there's a variety of factors there that are not positive for the company. So maybe talk a little bit about how you help your team interact with other departments to help create that culture and environment where everybody's successful, successful together. Yeah, I think this mindset for me about patient safety and quality, patient-centric is paramount, right? Because for me, it's really spending the time to not only understand the opportunities and challenges, but also where you're heading, but also preventing issues from repeating down the road. So the way I operate is I actually go and listen and really try to understand what are they really faced with and what opportunities do they see and how can I help and team up with them. So I go upstream as much as I can to R&D about new products, launches, or extension of existing product launches. And we talk about what kind of a clinical studies and what kind of submission strategies should we think about. And then I go and spend time with the marketing and sales team and the clinical specialist also to think about how do we marry this together so that we identify a really great solutions, innovative solutions forward while we we're being compliant. So how do we make these connections? Because otherwise it becomes really confusing in some cases that I have seen is also, it's also disjointed. So how do we bring these cross-functional leaders together and the team members together and really have a holistic view of how can we make this work? Because we have a fantastic opportunity here to help our patients. So how do we drive that? So I really spend, I mean, spend just a lot of time talking to different people outside of my team, but also spend a lot of time with my team and say, hey, what do you think about this? What, do, what are your thoughts? You know, let's brainstorm here. Yes. You know, I'm not here to, you know, tell you what to do. I'm here to let's put our heads together and figure this out. Because once you are open and transparent, because we're all humans, and ask for here's a th things that I need support with, as well here are things we're going to do great at, they want to contribute and help. So if you create that environment, it just naturally flows as you do more of it. Uh, hopefully that makes sense, Darwin. No, it absolutely does. And that interaction, and you look at, you know, in terms of, of, of clinical trials and quality, and now that usability, you know, the human factors piece into it and how that ties into ergonomics, how useful that product is uh, or easy to use it is or user-friendly it is, is, is a significant aspect to look at, not just the, the specific clinical area. So having more collaboration and more understanding communication there certainly should have advantages to how that product lifecycle flows. So I think that makes a lot of sense from that standpoint too. Yeah. Uh, Dami, if I may add, I would yes. encourage uh, 
I mean, for, again, you know, reflecting how I have grown in my own roles and, and in my career, I really think about how is it that I could provide some level of uh, value so that, that they invite me back into the conversation rather than you pushing yourself into it. That's one way to do it, of course, because right. you got the title or your functional representation. But I think if you can provide that value of different angles and their views, uh, and then you get invited back to the conversation, then I know it's working and it's, it's really uh, exciting level of conversation that's happening at a deeper level. So, you know, in, aside from even just asking for feedback and, we want to be a true business partner and a true strategic partner. And if you could show that through the lens of your function, but of course, with a business mindset and finding sort of a few options together, as well as being prudent about risk management and also understanding the risks it carries, but also here's how we can manage it and move forward as best as possible while mm -hmm. you know, meeting the regulations and the standards and so on. I think they will love that because they need partners to work with. And once they have that, then they're much more open to, again, you know, welcoming or inviting you back. So we can do bigger things after that. So I would, I would really encourage everyone to just, again, be open-minded, engage outside of your own world uh, as well, uh, you know, throughout your career. So we are in a, one of the social media, we're in a five-week series on emotional intelligence, communication, and one of the, you know, the most recent ones, I think, in terms of how we communicate, but listening to understand versus listening to respond. And exactly. everything in our world, right, is very fast paced. You know, the IT, social media, <laughs> we're everything, you know, interoperability in the age of the metaverse with AI, it's just everything is so quick, quick, quick. And so having, you know, some of the different things we're talking about there in terms of how to communicate and, and really listen to understand where somebody's coming from and, and just pausing. Right. Pause, right. make sure you validate and you understand what they're talking about so that you can have more engaging conversations and make sure that you understand where somebody's come from so you actually know what the problem is from each person's perspective so that you can have better solutions. Uh, that's kind of yeah. a little bit of what I heard you just, you know, that it certainly ties into some of the things you just said. Yeah, absolutely. That one. And I think it also gives you some level of additional creativity, right? So, for example, as you listen to those, it's not same everywhere, every part of the world, every country, every region. So the business may have a certain challenge, but you may be able to come back and say, hey, have you thought about this? Maybe you want to go in here first to either grow the market or penetrate the market. But and then you can continue to build from there to expand that product availability for the rest of the world. You know, instead of just think about one single lane that you want to go after. And how do we really mix it up, but also be creative because then the, your, your creative mind start to flow and then you become much more uh, flexible about how to deploy those right regulations and also talk to the right people. Also, when you engage with regulators, they also want to hear new ideas. Of course, you want to you know, follow the requirements and so on, but they also want to be supportive of new technology, new therapies, new innovation. How do we do that in times of this kind of speed of change that's happening all around us? And how do we leverage that? So, you know, I also talk about data analytics, right? I mean, there's tons of data out there, but do we spend enough time to really look for insights of what this data is telling you and being proactive about uh, the, to, to a degree of identifying opportunities? So I even also look at post-market surveillance data and say, are there any opportunities there that we could really apply, not only for the next generation products, but maybe a whole different concept on ideas and approaches we could explore 
Uh, I think there's a lot of insights we could gain, and I look forward to seeing some of that as the AI and the additional space continue to grow because predictability also gives a tremendous amount of leverage. So one of the, especially the last, I'd say five, five to eight years, but is when you look at articles on why companies fail and succeed, it's, it's pretty consistent across you know, five to seven categories, but uh, companies that don't value data is one of the key factors for failure uh, more recently. And when you look at uh, FDA warning letters, the vast majority of the reasons for FDA warning letters, the causes, comes back to either poor leadership, you know, cutting corners, wrong skill set, poor design controls, and not uh, not respecting data or misinterpreting data re relevant to the regulations of the FDA. So that is what you just said is just spot on in terms of what people should be considering in terms of how they hire leadership and how they evaluate data for their, their ability to grow efficiently. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of data out there, but you know, spend time understanding your internal data. Make sure the data is as clean as possible because you want to make sure you're going at the right data set and looking at it and giving it appropriate level of scrutiny and review and assessment, but also just some benchmark against external data. But I have had cases where I just picked up the phone and called some people who even wrote those some of those regulations say, what do you think about this? And we're exploring this or go to a you know, working uh, groups uh, or sessions or seminars and listen to what they're saying and really explore and talk about different ways of doing, but still getting to the same endpoint of outcomes you want to achieve. And I think that's where the, uh, not only the, the fun continues to happen, but also you're actually energized to do current things really well, but also continue to build on top of that, as well as preventing issues from happening proactively, you know, not just single issue, but again, looking left and right and multiple, you know, multiple opportunities where you can go after. So you're actually being able to see what needs to be addressed, but also see where we need to go forward. So we talked about the career tra trajectory and uh, you know, being open to where your talents can bring value, how you can grow and what's interesting to you. So from a quality standpoint, and in the eight, over eight years I've been doing this and we've done a, you know, the entire time we've been doing quality, so we've done quality at every every level throughout uh, organizations. And sometimes people tend to, hey, they have to have experience in quality. They have to have done this or that. They can't come from a different area. You having, uh, I'd, I'd love for you to speak to this from your perspective, but I really like companies or people that are open to uh, people in operations or people in quality moving into operations that have the right nice. emotional intelligence skill because I think, when you look at operations, how it connects all these different areas, again, having people that value quality and understand, you know, 1345 and 14971 and whatever the regs are and what's important to the quality management system aspect is certainly vital. But understanding other people's perspectives and how things work and flow together, I believe, is invaluable. So I'd, with you having that experience and how your career's grown, maybe you could speak a little bit to that from your perspective. Sure, Darwin. I mean, at some point in my career, I think when I uh, was at a sort of a quality manager level, I wanted to learn more. Uh, and I was just naturally curious about what goes on inside a more deeper level of business functions or business operation. So I actually signed up for different projects, believe it or not. I actually asked for it. Um, I sat with my manager and said, hey, 
I really want to grow. I'm not big on, you know, creating fancy development plans or having a, you know, 10 page, you know, rows and columns. I just want to learn, but here are the areas I want to go after. I'm curious how these things, things work. I also want to make sure that we continue to, you know, drive this, you know, mindset of, uh, you know, continuous improvement. So he said, Hey, why don't I just help you sign up for some projects? And if you hear about some projects, you know, let me know. So I started seeking out different projects for about six, seven months. And over the course of time, I talked to people and then people said, Hey, well, what about you join this project, that project? So one of the first few projects I did, I actually did it jointly with a manufacturing team. And then one after that, I did with a supply chain team. And then an opportunity came up in the operations organization and the COO said, why don't you come work in operations, but run a manufacturing engineering? Because you know the process, you've been on the floor, you've Smart. been talking to us, and this is what you want to do. So I went into uh, you know, manufacturing engineering for a number of years, and then they gave me manufacturing to run actual beyond engineering, but production, uh, which included a production, supply chain, and distribution. So great. So I learned all that. And then over the course of time, a next level, uh, you know, promotionable position opened in Q&R. So the, at that time, VP of Q&R said, why don't you come back now since you know all this stuff from operations and now you can also help not only operations, but Q&R at the same time. And so that's how I sort of moved. Uh, and also I have spent about a year in marketing and I realized that's not for me because marketing is a totally different. And I learned that marketing is not for my uh, personality. <laughs> uh, but I learned a ton and have a different appreciation. So I think if you're willing to put in the time and the energy, but also really dedicate in, in the learning span and development, there are people mm -hmm. out there who's more than willing to give you that opportunity and, you know, and, and, and give you that chance because we all stand on the shoulders of giants and these are the people who's going to help you and they want to help me grow. And in return, I want to give it back to the organization and to the future leaders and say, I want to help you to become the next great leaders because we need great leaders that will come more and more. So I'm really excited about just supporting and developing and helping and building future leaders. Does that help? Oh my gosh, that's so helpful and so smart because you know I always say you never wanna be the smartest person in the room and you wanna surround yourself with people that that's make right. you better and help you think about things differently. You wanna surround yourself with people that think the same way you do or you know, validate everything that you say because they look at everything the same way because how do you learn? How do you grow? And so uh, I just think that's so, so awesome and smart with what you just said. And uh, yeah, in having leadership that wants to help replace themselves, make yourself, yeah. you know, expendable in a sense that if there was uh, one of my, one of my friends who's a VP in quality always says, if there was an uprising and, you know, they assert me that the place would be even better ran because of the people that I put in place and how I mentored them. It's how he yeah. always jokes, but. Yeah, I, I think it's important to spend time with your team now and build those good relationships and build those deep trusting uh, bonds so mm -hmm. that when bad times come, they also know you have their backs. And then those difficult times, you lean on each other, help each other, support each other, and you get through that, you know, points, points of challenge much more uh, uh, methodically and much more in a better way. So yeah. that's also a plus. But not only that, if you're interested, again, in other spaces to just to learn and help and contribute, there's always door that's there and, uh, you know, look for those knocks because uh, it's going to be a tremendous opportunity. You'll have a lot of fun. So and, and you become a better leader. And uh, that's what you've Absolutely. been asking for, right? So why not? <laughs>
<laughs> Absolutely. No, that's so smart. So, oh man, I, I can talk to you all day, my friend, but uh, maybe finish this, finish this uh, podcast out by talking about maybe one or two things that you would consider best practices as you reach across the aisle and uh, start to build those relationships. If you were coming into a company or starting a company from scratch on how you're going to help see things from their angle and, and get everybody on the same page from a quality standpoint. Wow. That's a, that's a deep question, Darwin. A um, couple of things that just kind of jumps uh, to my mind. One is really spend time knowing your subject matter, you know, mm. study it, understand it, apply it as much as you can, hopefully beforehand, but also practice it, you know, build those competencies and capabilities. Uh, number two, be open-minded, you know, willing to try different things and be uh, vulnerable about that and asking for that help and assistance because you want to grow and develop and uh, contribute more in return. I think that will help tremendously. And lastly, just be yourself, you know, enjoy the journey and career, you know, don't get stressed over, you know, I got to do this tomorrow and I got to do that next month and next year, you know, right. let, let the flow come, but also be clear about what you want to do and share that. And ask for um, you know feedback and be uh, be open to those you know opportunities that may come about and and sign up. You know it's going to be a little scary to be honest. I mean it was scary to me, but you know but in, in that way I pay more attention and I really go all in uh, yes. because I know what's on stake here. So not only for me but for the persons and people who give me this opportunity and I don't want to disappoint them. So you really go in and then you can always. Uh, you know, build from that and your past experiences, even do more, be bigger, better things down the road. And you're going to actually enjoy it more because you're also meeting your personal uh, developmental uh, aspirations in the process. And then lastly, don't forget about the people. It's the people number one priority. Your employees will know about it, hear about it. They're going to want to be with you because you're so focused on people and you care about them. People, you know, are number one priority. Keep that in mind because they are the ones who's going to also together collectively help you grow and they're going to grow because you're there for them. So really spend their time and build that relationship. Wow. That was, that was fantastic. And, you know, the two things I'll just piggyback off that, uh, you know, it's why it's so important from my perspective, uh, you know, life is short. Our time isn't guaranteed what matters to you and your passion and what your personal why is. And then, you know, there, I, in my corporate time, interviewed multiple places where the mission was never talked about, you know, the mission statement, the vision statement. And so I think understanding, integrating that into your interview process. And if you're a candidate, understanding what that is and making sure that matches up because you're going to have a greater, you know, greater fulfillment if, if that's the case. Um, so very well said. I, I really appreciate your time, my friend. I look forward to, seeing you in Boston in the future. And thank you so much for coming on and, you know, sharing your amazing career and experience with our following. I really do appreciate it. Well, Darwin, thank you for the opportunity. I was helpful in some way to you and to the audience. And if we, of course, got to call me when you come to Boston, but if anybody would like to reach out while you're in Boston, just let me know. I'm here to help you, support you, however I can. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're all in this together to yep. really drive uh, medical healthcare technology advance forward for the benefit of patients around the world. So I am absolutely excited. So thanks knowing for the opportunity. Your, knowing your purpose, I love about, you know, your purpose, you know, your purpose. And, and when you know your purpose and then 
you utilize that purpose to bring value and uh, to other people, what could be more fulfilling than that? So exactly. thanks again, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Darwin. Take care. We'll talk okay, again soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the SSI Executive Conversations podcast. If you'd like to see more, please follow us on LinkedIn and